Hello, good morning to everybody. My name is Brian, and guess what? We have another meeting for you, and it's coming up in just a moment. But I wanted to remind everybody that we do a podcast here called Fall In, the Problem Gambling Podcast for Military Service Members and Veterans, and that's hosted by Dave Y. Dave is an Army veteran. So please check that out. Find it wherever you get your podcast. It's focused on military matters and veterans and gambling in that community, which is a another experience with gambling altogether. And so uh, it's a very important issue. And I hope you guys will tune in and listen and support that podcast as well. And for today's episode, our meeting is about abstinence and recovery. And we've got Rich who has the topic and Jeff and Nader along for the ride to discuss their views on the topic. And I want to thank Gamban and Epic for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. It's been a slower month for us here in August, um, but that's okay. We, sometimes we got to slow down for our mental health because sometimes we, uh, we, we take on more than we can chew. And then we think we can get it all done and then we don't get... I'm talking about me. I didn't get some stuff done. And I just, yeah, I bit off more than I could chew. So it's, uh, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to be posting a podcast. And I wish you all the best. And uh, please don't gamble if you don't want to. when I'm not recording. I could have had that. That would have been the opener of the episode. Had I been in. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Reenact it, Jeff, for us. <laughs> Say that funny thing you just said. Say it again. Well, you, um, you, you have to give me the line. You have to feed me the line now. I've already forgotten it. That's I forgot it. <laughs> in thinking about this, I was thinking about uh, my GA experience. And I'm like, GA worked. Like, I didn't gamble. And then the only reason I did gamble was because I stopped going to GA. I mean, what created the circumstance under not gambling was not going back to GA. And I was thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, GA really worked. I, I sometimes I hope that comes across because sometimes I know I say stuff, but I'm like, it actually did work. Mm -hmm. And had I not gotten complacent, who knows? You may not even have done the podcast. <laughs> None of us would. We would have something else to do on a Friday morning. Exactly. Good Friday morning to everybody. We're going to do a virtual meeting today. And we've got Jeff. Jeff, how are you? Hey, Brian. How are you today? I'm good, Jeff. Nice to see everybody. I haven't done many of these this month, so it feels it's good to talk to And we've got Nate. Nate, how are you? Hey, I am back like I never left. I am good to go. Awesome. And of course, Rich. And Rich has our topic. Rich, how are you? I'm great, Brian. Thank you. Take it away. So return with us now to those thrilling days of last Friday when we were talking about how do we prioritize uh, different things. And we left on a note where Jeff was saying that abstinence is the most important thing. So I wanted to pick up on that this week and say, what is the difference between abstinence and recovery? And I sent out an article, which I'm not even going to use. So Brian, you did all that homework for nothing. But no, it's... it's Looks good. Give me things to think about. <laughs> yeah, the article is pertinent, but it's just not really focused on gambling. And what I did was I put together a little crib sheet here that I'm sharing on the screen. And starting off with, from the GA Combo book, what is the definition of gambling? So could we have somebody read that, please? Yeah, I'll read it. Gambling for the compulsive gambler is defined as follows. Any betting or wagering for self or others, whether for money or not, no matter how slight or insignificant, where the outcome is uncertain or depends upon chance or skill, constitutes gambling. Great. And we should all pretty much have that memorized because we read it at every meeting. Um, and then what I've got here next is a, a Marion and Webster definition of the word abstinence. So could somebody read that for us? I'd be happy to now that I'm unmuted. According to the, Mer the Merriam-Webster dictionary, abstinence is the practice of not doing 
or having something that is wanted or enjoyable. I really like that definition because it's not just, you know, stop gambling or it's not stop drinking. It's recognizing that we love doing this and it's, it's the practice also of not doing it. So, you know, it may take a couple of attempts before you actually nail it down. All right. The next thing I have on my little sheet here comes from Alan Carr, who was a British guy who wrote about the easy way to stop smoking was his original. And then since that was so successful, he branched off into everything. The easy way to stop gambling, the easy way to stop drinking, easy way to stop to lose weight. Anyway, so Alan Carr is famous for having two monsters, characterizing our problem with two monsters. And um, this, this quote from him comes uh, involves gambling. So I thought, well, how appropriate. We'll just read this little blurb on monsters. Nate, can you see it? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I can, I can read it. Monsters. Um, I call the uncomfortable feeling of withdrawal the little monster. The little monster is created when you start gambling and continues to grow the more you gamble. It is an empty, dissatisfied, insecure feeling. The little monster crying out to be fed. The cries of the little monster awake the big monster. This is the monster in your mind that tells you the only way to satisfy the little monster is to gamble. The big monster is created by brainwashing. The big monster is created by brainwashing. Destroy the big monster and the little monster quickly goes the same way. Thanks, Nate. So some interesting concepts, maybe some terminology that we're not used to, so we have to think about it a little bit. But um, my question to you guys just off the bat is, it's kind of like which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Which comes first, stopping gambling or recovering from gambling? Would anybody like to um, take a crack at that one first? Stopping gambling. Okay. <laughs> Any other I concur. Questions? I concur. Okay, that's two for stopping. <laughs> I'm going to go with recovering from gambling. And, and are we going into the reason why? Sure, we just, sure. We'll yeah. discuss it. I'm just kind of polling people. Uh, it's, it's my opinion. I'll, I'll go to the bottom of page nine. I don't have it here on my, on my sheet, but I've got it memorized of the combo book. It says, is knowing why we gambled important? And the answer is perhaps. However, insofar as stopping gambling, many compulsive gamblers have abstained from gambling without the benefit of the knowledge of why they gambled. So um, it's kind of a trick question because I think everybody's right here. Um, you have to stop in order to start your recovery. You, you can't really recover if you're still gambling. But on the other hand, you have to recover in order to maintain the abstinence. Um, anyway. That's just my thought on that. And uh, moving right along down the page here, I found another thing to uh, to quote instead of the article I sent out. And I just dubbed in gambling because it's it's alcohol and drugs too. Most everything on the internet is alcohol and drug drunks. So you have to insert gambling because gambling is just as much of an addiction as the other two, as is uh, or can be sex, food, money. I mean, there's a lot of internet addiction. There's a lot of things that you can insert here. Anyway, I'm just going to start reading. What does recovery entail? Because I'm trying to draw the distinction between abstinence and recovery. We know what abstinence is by the definition of gambling. Oh, let's let's go back up there and revisit that. Um, in the definition of gambling for compulsive gamblers, any betting or wagering for self or others, whether for money or not. So that opens up uh, Pandora's box, if you will 
that it doesn't have to be for money, no matter how slight or insignificant, where the outcome is uncertain or depends upon chance or skill constitutes gambling. So um, it opens up the stock market for me. Um, There's a difference between investing and speculating. Uh, It opens up playing fantasy sports games where there's no money involved, but the ego's involved. So abstinence for a GA member is you can't do any of that. You've got to be 100% abstinent. Otherwise, in Alan Carr's uh, nomenclature, the little monster is still alive. All right, back down here now. What does recovery entail? When someone is sober, and you know we say clean in GA, they are simply clean and cease the use of gambling, alcohol, or drugs. However, recovery involves much more complex process, such as, they give four or five points here, changing behaviors that contribute to addiction and relapse, instead of simply changing the drinking and using habits, realizing that drugs, alcohol, and gambling were not the only issue in their life, and that these are symptoms of an underlying issue, understanding that alcohol, drugs, gambling often act as a solution to a larger issue in their life, and working through the issues that led to the development of the addiction and developing healthy coping mechanisms and solutions to deal with these issues. So basically what they're saying is, and I agree, otherwise I wouldn't have it up here on the screen, is that we actually start our addiction before we start gambling or before we start the activity, the behavior. Our addiction starts with my, I'll just talk in my own terms, my inability or seeming inability to cope with life. You know, there was something that went on in my childhood that disturbed me. I wanted to escape it. Whatever the deal is, it could be adverse childhood experiences. It could be some kind of trauma. It could be anything. It could be a car accident. It could be something that just shakes us up and sets us up to supposedly need something to take the edge off. And so gambling for me was didn't start off as my problem. It started off as my solution. When I was at the racetrack, I just felt so great. You know, like you can't get to me. There was no cell phones back then. And and I'm getting my dopamine drip or whatever the heck's going on there. I don't know, but I'm feeling good. And I haven't felt good for most of my life. So gambling was the solution. Well, when you stop gambling, you say, okay, uh, what's next? What What is the solution? for? First of all, what were the underlying issues? And now what is the solution for those underlying issues? Because if I don't find something to take the place of gambling, um, I'm likely to find something as bad or even worse. I'm likely to turn to drugs or any of the long list of addictive substances and activities to do the same function for me. Or if I don't do that, if I struggle staying abstinent, I'm going to be miserable as hell. I'm going to be hard to live with because, again, the original situation, the original issues aren't being addressed. And anyway, before I open this up to everybody else, because I'm talking way too long, is, um, you know, going back to that thing we were talking about last week about the hole in our sidewalk. And I, I loved it when Nate said, you know, chapter four, I walk down the same street, there's a deep hole in the sidewalk, I fill it with water and go for a swim. <laughs> you know, that's that would be a positive thing to do. But instead, I think a lot of people fill it with something else. We're, you know, we're trying to fill this void that's within ourselves. I'm thinking, for me anyway, it may not be for the rest of you, but for me anyway. And, uh, you know, that that chapter five, walking down a different street Hopefully that's a healthy street. It could be doing a podcast. It could be doing Zoom meetings for people who have problems, being a peer counselor. It could be any of these other things. But um, hopefully it's it's better than what it is we're trying to stop. 
because what it is we're trying to stop is it has gone way out of control and has uh, resulted in financial problems, marital problems, legal problems, all kinds of problems. Anyway, whew, I'm glad I'm done with all that. Would anybody like to see if they could find a topic or input in any of this? <laughs> Go ahead. Nate, you got your finger up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to kind of, um, something you said really stood out when you said that the gambling or the addiction starts before gambling. And that was the the idea that I was thinking about with when you said what comes first, recovery or gambling. The the In my view, recovery starts like you don't get to, in my head, you don't get to be abstinent or make the decision to abstain until the process of realizing that you have a problem or the effects of gambling happen. So that is like, where do you define the start of recovery? And in my head, the start of recovery is before you become abstinent. It's almost like the point you, you cross that invisible line and, and and you're walking back to your car and you realize that you have like that is when the clock ticks and it's a it's a roller coaster ride and it, it may do some loops back around, but like that is when the process of the, the beginning process in my head of recovery starts. And then at some point you make the decision to become abstinent. And then at some point you you make the decision to grow and learn to maintain your abstinence and grow and the character defects. But the, the starting point of recovery is the moment you cross that invisible line. It just takes a while before you get to actually be abstinent for, at least for me, other people, the time frame is different, but the recovery starts at the beginning. Like that's when the journey begins in my head. Thanks, thanks, Nate. Um, I just want to make one quick comment because I've already talked too much, but um, I think we've discussed the six stages of change on this podcast before. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, it was work done in the 70s by a couple of guys. They studied people who stopped smoking, and they came up with six stages. The first stage is pre-contemplation. In other words, you're not even thinking about it. You're smoking. You're happy. Everything's fine. Nobody's telling you you have lung cancer yet or whatever. <laughs> um the second stage, though, after that is pre-contemplation. No, I'm sorry, contemplation. So now you're just starting to think about stopping. And I think that's what you were what you were saying reminded me of that, Nate. When I'm first entertaining the idea that gambling may not be a good thing for me. You know, the ride home, for example, is typically a sad ride home. And, and you have some inventory taking to do. And then if you get through that contemplation stage and you're just trying to sort things out in your mind, is it? Is it good or is it bad? Then you enter the next stage, which is preparation stage. So now you're getting serious about quitting and you're you're thinking, let's see, how can I do this? Can I call GA? Can I go to a counselor? Can I go to church? Can I do whatever? And then finally, after the preparation stage, you go into action and action in, in the uh, stages of change is stopping your behavior. And then, and then there's a period of maintenance. Anyway, um, I agree with you that the, the process of recovery probably starts as soon as I come out of that denial, as soon as I have this moment of clarity, uh, some kind of turning point that I need to do something about this. You know, I've been gambling now for 25 years. It's getting worse. It's out of control. I need to admit it, stop denying the problem and admit it. And then that opens me up to whatever kind of way to stop I can find. 
Uh, how about the other two guys? I would like to uh, take a uh, a different approach to it, or a different. Uh, <clears throat> I have a different view of it based on my own experience. So, for me, abstinence is not gambling, and what caused me not to gamble was getting caught. So I didn't go through any stages that involved thinking long-term or wanting to change my life or um, thinking about all of the issues that was causing me to gamble at first. It was getting caught, so I knew I couldn't gamble anymore. And Rich, well, I agree with you in terms of those um, uh, different stages of, of change. For me, I think it's important to recognize that those stages occur when we talk about recovery. I don't think they occur necessarily when we're talking about abstinence. I think abstinence, for me, was just not gambling. And I didn't have to think about anything else about my life or why I gambled or where did I want to go in terms of my future. I stopped gambling. Now, when I went, started going to GA and seeing a therapist and engaging in some of the other recovery tools, that's when my mind opened up to think about these kinds of issues. Because quite frankly, very early on, I stopped gambling, not even recognizing that I had an addiction, not recognizing that I needed to change my entire life. I was just focused on the fact that I couldn't gamble. And once I got to the point where the fog started to lift in my head, that's when I was willing to open up and see, you know, why did I do this? What can I do in order to not only stop now, but maintain a new way of living, of returning to a normal life? But for me, that was the, the, the process that had the, the stages. You know, I didn't think about anything else when I initially stopped gambling. So I think maybe we're talking about, a, you know, long-term, short-term, how long do you stop for? Um, and, you know, those kinds of issues, I think, are important because that first article that you gave us to read, I think, advocates for a real distinction between abstinence and recovery, where abstinence is just not engaging in, in, the, in that article, it was the use of alcohol or drugs. In our case, it's the behavior of gambling. It's stopping it with, and then doing nothing else. And that's when most of us, if not all of us, fail. And the idea... As, as at least I understand it about GA and the recovery program, is that you can stop even for short periods of time without going any further. But if you want to, if you want to maintain a meaningful long-term um, abstinence, so to speak, that's when you have to use recovery, and that's when you have to change your beliefs and examine your character defects and if you know spirituality is a component to it you know be open to a spiritual um you know spiritual assistance in doing that but i think that's all recovery for me i had to stop because i got caught brian 
Uh, go ahead and let Nate go because I think he has something. That no, 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 said. Brian. Go, go. I want you to go first because I, I was thinking about something that Jeff said and I'll, I'll respond to it after you go. Um, I mean, I principally agree with what Jeff just said about abstinence. So I'm just going to talk about my own abstinence because for a long time I was fine just being abstinent. And I, to some degree, still am. Um, I Those first six months, I didn't go to, I didn't seek out a meeting. I didn't, I mean, I, I talked, I had a few conversations you know, probably with my friend Chris and then probably with my mom about gambling. Other than that, there was no recovery. There was no anything. I, I, I talked about it before. I stayed inside for six months and that was because I needed to reset. I mean, my, my, my gambling, I guess was sort of a, my brain was a muscle and spasm and I needed to just stop to let that relax so I could work out again. If that makes sense. You know, my, it, I really needed to reset and I just needed to be calm. And I think it was the only period in my life where I haven't been, I haven't felt the void that you were talking about earlier, Rich, which is a good term for it. It's the only six months where I haven't felt the void or compelled to do something about the void or gambling, drinking, using whatever sex, drugs, rock and roll to avoid the void, if that makes sense. Um, so there was a six months there where I, I, I was, I was just sort of inside and, not and I was okay with that I was okay with just not doing anything with my life just getting away from gambling and that was important for me I needed to just stop because the gambling just kept creating more and more harm and financial harm and worries and I needed to cut off the bleeding I I'll, I'll worry about how I'm going to heal later but for now I need to cut off the bleeding and that I that period of time for me could have lasted any amount and it lasted I would have said a lot longer but you know after speaking with Jeff I would say six months until I started podcasting and that was my recovery. Um, I would have said that, that I'm not a step worker. And I always thought because I started in GA that that was recovery. And I'm, I'm just, I, I've never worked the steps on a, on a real basis. And so for me, it was always like, you know what? I'm not gambling. That's the thing that I, I'll work on not getting angry or being frustrated with my life or whatever it is that makes me want to gamble eventually. But for now, I'm okay with not gambling because that's the thing that was causing me so much harm. And maybe, maybe then once that settles, I can really take a good look. But I was having urges. I was, you know, it was all this. It was just too much crap to deal with to then say, "How am I going to be a better human and heal my soul?" And I just wasn't in that mind space. And plus, my shame was kept me from going back to GA. That's as simple as that was. I mean, I I gambled again after going to the meeting of new people. And I was like, I'm not showing my face in there, which is the wrong thing to do. Nobody cares. Go back to the meeting. They'll welcome you with open arms. But I, again, like, I wish I had learned that lesson then because it didn't. Um, but for me, abstinence is, is important. I mean, I understand recovery and it is important to be a better human and all of that. But for me, just, I had to stop. It was 14 years. It was my entire adult life. All I knew was like worry about, finances and gambling you know that was my cycle and so I just needed to settle and uh, I was able to relax the muscle and stop the spasm. Nate? Yeah thanks um I think part of the conflict that I am having is the the idea that there is a start point and a stop point and um or that there are these designated stages that are enclosed within the box and I don't I don't view it as a as a circle, like from the beginning of my life, everything that I did led up to the point where I started gambling, right? So to, to Rich's point earlier, um, like to be, to be, to, to 
to become a gambler, to be to escape, like all of those things are still there. And 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 then abstinence happens at a period of time, and then there's there's re, quote recovery. And in that reading early, you say recovery is the the um, to revert back to a sense to gain a sense of normalcy, right? And and my push in that is. I don't view it as a sense of normalcy because how do we define what is normal? And in my head, the view is how we grow and develop. Because if everything that I did led up to gambling, then when was it normal? When I was a baby, when I was an infant, when I was in utero? Like when, at what point is it normal? I was never normal. Like there is no such thing as normal. So as we instead of looking at it as a as a circle i'm i'm challenging myself really and and you all and i love to hear your thoughts as it's not circular we're not going through this 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 circle but instead it's an infinite line that is our lives and we are at different stages at different points on that line so if if the question is when were you you know in this abstinent stage then what did you learn that moved you from the abstinence stage? And what did you learn that starts your, re, re, quote, recovery? Um, and, and how does that change over, over time? So it is not a, a space in my head of this is my abstinence stage, this is my recovery stage. Well, it is all really connected in a way that they build on each other. And the more you learn the different decisions you make that influence that. So the a person who is 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 perfect quote in recovery, they they're not the same person that they were before gambling because the gambling shaped the recovery. So it is all connected for me. They actually have developed, they have grown. So they didn't recover to be normal. They developed into something different in my head. And I know that's a little a little out there, but I really would love to hear what you guys think about that. I, the, to me, I, this is what I thought reading that article earlier. You, you just said it perfectly, which is that I, a return to normalcy is never going to happen because I've had this experience. So it's, it's like that Marvel timeline from Loki. Like you branch off and you form an addiction. You can't return back to your normal life. I mean, you've now had that experience. So you have to work off that that branch timeline i'm using loki terms um so it it is it is for me you're right it's not a return to a normal way of of living i've had this experience i can't escape that i had an addiction i i now have to my life is going to be different because of that i always i had this hard time like i I, for all these years i always thought magically one day my head is going to be flipped and i'm going to look back upon what i did and i'm going to be a different person and i i'm not lying here but Jeff and I were out one time and I said do you feel any different Jeff's older and he said no I feel like I'm you I feel like the same I did when I was 25 you know what I mean that that same it never goes away so I always think like well eventually things will be fine it just is going to change that way but it's not it's my day-to-day that I have to account for and my day-to-day it's never just going to wake up and be gone this is me dealing with this every day and I guess it was it was eye opening to think like, oh, you still feel the same way you did then as opposed to now. Like I thought it would just be a magical ah recovery 
And exactly what you said, Nate, it's not that. It's not like I'm recovered, I'm done. It's still life and life you still have to maneuver. And 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 so I, I, I think you were spot on, Nate, is what I'm trying to say long-windedly. Can I just say something about, um, you know, this notion of um, recovery? And, and, and I'm going to refer to at least my understanding of the GA program. My understanding of the GA program is that the purpose of going through a process where we examine our character flaws or defects and work on them, as well as trying to um, reach for some spirituality in order to assist us, the objective of doing all that is to prevent a relapse. That's what the book says. It doesn't say that's what you need to do to stop gambling. In fact, in the first page of the combo book, and it talks about the history of GA and the two people that founded it, it says they concluded from their discussions that in order to prevent a relapse, it was necessary to bring about certain character changes within themselves. In order to accomplish this, they used for a guide certain spiritual principles, which had been utilized by thousands of people who were recovering from other compulsive addiction. And goes on to say what spirituality is, you know, kindness, generosity, honesty, humility, and also in order to maintain their abstinence, again, maintain their abstinence, they felt that it was ver it was vitally important that they carry the message of hope to other compulsive gamblers. So I always focus on that, as well as there are other, you know, other sections of the book, again, that, that acknowledge that people can stop gambling on their own without the help of anybody else for periods of time, but they will relapse. They will go back to gambling unless they undergo a process of recovery that changes the way they behave and they think and returns them to a normal way of thinking and living. So that's where I sort of come out. It's like, you can abstain. I mean, I, I could stop doing something, you know, short term without anybody else's help, just sheer willpower or, you know, my own self-motivation. But if we're talking about a long-term process, then I need a program of recovery that will change my way of thinking. And the last thing I want point I want to make is I often talk about this in terms of what's the difference between a roadblock and recovery. For me, roadblocks assist you in being abstinent. They do nothing for me at least, in terms of recovery. If I self-exclude, that doesn't make me think about my character or where my life is going to go. It just makes it so I can't go to the casino to gamble. Um, if I um, have my wife take care of the finance, again, that in, in and of itself is going to do nothing other than prevent me from having money to gamble. But th that's not recovery. As important as that is, especially in the beginning, it doesn't introduce the concept of a character change and of going back to a normal way of thinking and living. And that, that's sort of how I view it. I just have this little meme that I found on the um, internet and it kind of goes to what Nate was talking about. It shows recovery and the expectation is that it's a straight line, like on a 45 degree angle going up. And the reality is it's all over the place. It's all scribbles and back and forth and shoots and ladders and everything else. So, um, yeah, I think um, recovery is definitely a process and it's not a straight up process at all. It's not linear. 
if anything, it reminds me of when I was a little kid, I used to live at the bottom of this big hill and bicycles back then only had one speed. Um, they call them trucks now because they only have one speed. But anyway, I couldn't, I was too little to pedal that bike all the way straight up the hill. So what I do is I'd pedal it about halfway up. I get so tired. And then what I would do is I'd, I'd change and I'd start going down the hill. Luckily, there's no traffic on the hill. Start going down the hill a little bit so that I'd build up enough momentum so I could go back up the hill the other side. And I would do that back and forth like a switchback going up a mountain until I got up the hill. And recovery is like that. I, I can't just keep going straight up. I just don't have the willpower or stamina or the intellect or the desire to do that. So I have to have little break periods. And, and what I do is I, I, you know, like drop back 15 yards and punt. Um, and I've, I've reorganized myself and then try again, keep trying. Um, you guys were talking about the phases and I just happen to have something here handy. <laughs> Imagine that. That talks about the stages of recovery and even matches what Jeff and, and Brian were saying about six months uh, the first stage of recovery being abstinence. And, and again, these stages don't start and stop at zero and six and six and 18. You know, there's all kinds of overlap. But anyway, for abstinence, zero to six months, focus is on avoiding substance use, or in our case, gambling. Tasks are specific and concrete. Changes in behaviors are readily observed. So, you know, I think of things like don't associate with acquaintances who gamble. Don't go in or near gambling establishments. You know, self-exclude. Do all these focused things, concrete, practical things. Results are seen relatively quickly, less uh, crisis in your life. You know, right away, you, you notice the difference in, in the money aspect. You know, you don't have this huge hole in your boat. You don't have to bail it out anymore. Uh, D, change in daily routine occupies most of one's attention because it's a huge change from a lifestyle of gambling, which we did, I did basically 24-7 to one of not gambling. And then to move on to the lifestyle change, six to 18 months. Rich, are you not- reading all these? I'll stop now, Brian. Go ahead. I, no, I'm just, we did a lot of reading at the beginning, and I think by the end of the meeting, everyone's brain might be a little fried to read the whole list. All right. Um, my point was that um, there are stages of recovery as well, and it's a process, as well as there are stages of abstinence. You know, Jeff said he stopped when his wife found out, but I submit to you, Jeff, that you stopped before that many times, uh, but you didn't stay stopped. I know I did. I'm, I'm just assuming that you were like me, that occasionally you would stop. Yeah, I had to, I had to sleep for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I went one year without going to the racetrack, and I thought that was proof that I was not addicted to the horses. But the fact that I always went back, and, and not only gambling, but what is abstinence for us? Is it just not betting? Is it just adhering to that uh, definition of gambling in the combo book? Or do we also find that there are other substances and activities that do exactly the same thing that gambling did for us? And that if we don't abstain from men, we're not really abstinent. So I just throw that out as a question too. I, I was at a, um, involved in a presentation this week. And one of the other people that presented is in recovery from drugs. And she said that um, for Christmas or her birthday, somebody gave her a card with scratch-off tickets. And she was not a gambler and she didn't have any gambling issues. But this person was somebody that was close to her and knew about her being in recovery for for drugs. And her reaction was, sorry, but I don't engage in any use or behavior that might trigger an addiction. So no thank you. And And I hear that 
from some people, again, I'm not saying that that is the right way to go, but some people believe that just because they have an addiction to a certain substance or a certain behavior that they need to stay away from other substances and behaviors because they feel that maybe, you know, they use the term addictive personality or they have a propensity towards addiction and they don't want to pick up another addiction. Or they could just have a philosophy of that's not how I want to live my life now. Uh, but others say, look, I'm, hey, look, I don't gamble. So never had a problem with drinking. So I can have a few beers every once in a while. It's, I think it all depends upon your own personal choice and what you think is healthy for you. That, I mean, that sounds good to me. I, I, I've always, I think we have always said on here, like, you know what, you know what gets you, you know what you're doing and you know whether or not you're being sneaky or if it's an honest to God thing that you can do and be fine with. I mean, we all know I'm very aware of what gets me going and what doesn't. So uh, I try to avoid, but I also, I dabble um, in this you know, Rich, eventually you gambled, but then you did the stock market. And I, I did participate in the stock market for a minute. I was like, nope, this is, uh, this is, this is the exact same feeling I had before time to step back. And to me, that's not like, oh, I went and gambled and now I'm, I'm back to day one. That is, oh, I can't do that. And, and, and then that's going to be the, re- I mean, I'm 39. It's gonna be the rest of my days is testing the waters to see, oh crap. Am I just searching out that same feeling I had when I was gambling or am I legitimately into this, whatever it is? And so I, you know, I I very much have to be careful because there are other behaviors that can trigger gambling for me, but um, I still test the waters and it's probably a dangerous thing to do, but also I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to go through life without that. Like I've always been that kid who wants to open that door. Like what's behind this door? I got to know. And so that that's a hard feeling to get away from. And this is a lot of that. It's like, Oh, I wonder how that'll make me feel. Oh, that makes me feel like gambling. Oh crap. No, I don't want to do that. Um, and I've, I've done that several different things that I don't do again anymore. Cause not a good idea. Yeah. I, I just, I had an experience last week. Um, just playing rock, scissors, papers with my son <laughs> and you know, my competitive juices got got flowing and i played probably more games than i intended to and the outcome was uncertain um and it was fueled by the desire to win you know so that was a that is a that is that is something that that comes up guys and and i'm and i've really been thinking a lot about just like competition you know like i'm always the person that wants the ball with the second left in the game right what is fueling that is it because I enjoy shooting a shot, yeah. Is it I enjoy the thrill of winning, the 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 coming into the being clutch and being a champion or doing that extra rep? It's like those feelings happen in different in different places in your life. To to your point, so it is a it is a, an invisible line. It is a thin line. It is a curvy line. It is a it is a lot on this on this journey from. I don't want to say abstinence to recovery, but from birth to death and improvement. And on that, I think I'm going to be quiet for a little while. Well, I want you to know, Nate, I'd pass you the ball. I used to dream about that shot, but I know in real life I would pass it. I'd be like, no, I don't want that responsibility. You do it. That's familiar. <laughs> ben Simmons, huh? <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Okay, Jeff. 
All right. Well, thank you to Rich for the topic and Jeff and Nate for participating. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend. This podcast is owned by Lee Street Media, LLC. Music provided by T-Vance. Remember, this is a podcast. The views expressed on the podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. If you need help for a gambling addiction, please seek professional help.